little breaking news on 97.3 The Fan, presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. There's been a lot of speculation as to where the AFC Championship game would be held. Snapdragon Stadium. If they moved it from Kansas City, a neutral site game. If the Bills and Chiefs are the last two standing in the AFC, the NFL decided due to the missed game against the, the Bengals on Monday Night Football, the DeMar Hamlin situation, that the Bills shouldn't be penalized and that they'd play a neutral site game. But where would that game be held? Uh, a lot of people talked about you know, Indianapolis. They said they couldn't do it. And Soldier Field would have been awesome. Yeah, um, Lambeau Field. Someone said that would be cool right in between. They have made the decision. Can't. Well, yeah. And if the AFC Championship game features the Chiefs and the Bills, it will be played... In Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Very vanilla, domed stadium for two teams, neither of whom would be playing in a dome. Character, no. No. Not having to worry about you know any potential travel issues should be fine down to Atlanta. I get that part. Simple to execute. Yeah. For the NFL. Very, it's just vanilla. It's just, neither of those games would have been in an indoor stadium. So now it's in an indoor stadium. Changes the game entirely, I think. But again, it's a big if if they even get there. Not a big if, but it's still a, a lot of things have to go the right way for that to happen. Well, the uh, the Bills would have to win twice. Yep. The Chiefs would have to win once. And that would set up that game. So you're basically talking three dubs. Uh, if those three dubs come in, then, then yeah, that game will be played down in Atlanta. Do you think our boss, Adam Klug... Uh, by the way, who is from Atlanta. He's a, a Georgia guy. Went to Georgia. Do you think he rues the day he left Georgia, like the state, to come work here? Because since he's moved, all they've done is just win championships. Like the Braves won a World Series since he's been gone. The Georgia Bulldogs have won two national titles since he's been gone. Like that wouldn't that suck to Ben? If you moved from San Diego and you're like, "Sorry guys, I got a job. I'm moving out to Charlotte, North Carolina," and uh, the Padres rip off three championships in a row, you think you'd be a little pissed after spending 50 years here? I mean, Doug Gottlieb actually tweeted about it. He did. You know, uh, Adam used to work for the Doug Gottlieb show, and he actually said, "I oh, feel so good for my my man Adam Klug. All all these Atlanta championships. He was such a long suffering fan." Now, I think as a sports fan... You don't care? I think Adam probably thinks it's only because he, he moved, moved. <laughs> that they started winning. Psychotic And then behavior. if he went back, they would once again going go back to being also Rands in sports. Yeah. That he had to leave Much maligned. the state in order for Georgia and the Atlanta Braves to start having success now that he's gone. All right. Well, Ben, you want me you're going to have state? to move to... Boise, Idaho. Well, you guys are going to do the show the from Arizona week. next week, so yeah, that'll help. That'll help get you out of the state for a little while. It's true. We can't really win anything, though. I'm kind of the one, though. Paul's right. Yeah, I'm the one the, who's been here the whole go. time. Sorry, man. I have been here through the entire the entirety. Like the the San Diego Chargers won the AFL chip, but that was before I was born. In my lifetime, forty seven years of San Diegan fandom, really nothing other know, than the soccer. Other than the soccer. Yep. Is it me? Am I the problem? Or was there someone who was born in 1971 who's been here longer who's the problem? Can we identify out there who is the problem? 
in the San Diego sports fan. Uh-huh. Of course. <laughs> Coach has been here longer. Coach has been here longer. Yeah. You and Coach. He might know. have been alive for that Chargers title. Pack your ass, man. It's time to go. But I think if you're a sports fan like Adam, and he's such a huge sports fan, he's like, I don't care where we win them. I don't care where I live when we win them as long as we win them. And he went to Georgia. All of them. I mean, yeah. he went to. Oh, he went to all the. He the, went to the World one of the, and they lost when he went. Remember, he bodied. went to a World Series game when the Atlanta Braves played, and they lost. Right? No, he went to Atlanta, didn't he? Oh, he did both. He did both. Yeah, he because he went up to L.A. and they, they, I think he they, was there for the. Look, he was there for the, the clincher. The, the he did go for the clincher. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then he went to the national championship game this week. Yep. And didn't he go last year as well? He did. Yeah, for the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't feel bad for him. No, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, cry me a river. Just because you don't live in the same area code anymore, it's fine. Round of report? Yeah, let's get to it. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biot? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a All right. Uh, Where to start? How about we do start in Major League Baseball? We have a trade we have not uh, discussed yet today. The Dodgers got a little bit better yesterday. They acquired Miguel Rojas from the Marlins. Gavin Lux wasn't the answer that all the Dodger fans have been screaming at me for the last three months. Hmm. That's weird. Had a 265, 318, 366 slash line with Miami. Um, scheduled to make five million in his last year. So no, that that's his overall like flash line for many years. But the his last, career in Miami. The yes. last couple of years, he's actually been quite a bit below average. He has an OPS adjusted of eighty three, which is seventeen percentage points, even below the league average. Hasn't been a good offensive player. Nice no, glove first guy. Yeah, he's a he was a Gold Glove finalist at shortstop yep. for whatever that's worth. He is a good he's a good glove guy, but glove man. not someone that is going to inject a lot of life. You would think he's not Trey Turner, offense. but you need somebody. Yeah, I mean, I was I was told it was going to be Gavin Lux. It's clearly not. Gavin Lux will probably move back over to second base. You um, need to get Skip Schumacher on the horn. What's he doing? Yeah, what is he doing? Now, he makes $5 million a year, and it was reported that they, the Dodgers are paying that entire salary. I mean, you can't really ask the Marlins to pay any salary. That's why they get rid of players to begin with. According to this ESPN story, Rojas's acquisition puts the Dodgers dangerously close to exceeding the luxury <laughs> tax threshold of $233 million for 2023, but teams can make moves throughout the year to dip back under. Now, I saw on Twitter... Another report that said, no, no, Dodgers are already over it. They're over the 233. So if they really want to get under it, they may still have to shed some salary at some point uh, to try to dip under the luxury tax threshold. Now, the Padres are over it now. They're over again and have been for the last two years. So this will be the third straight year. 
But the Dodgers... They're doing their hard reset. Basically, I mean, based on the offseason they had, it really looks like they're trying to do the hard reset and get under it. And if they're not under it, how are they going to get under it? There's still moves that will have to be made by the Dodgers getting rid of players. Maybe we could take Will Smith off their hands. They'd throw in David Price with him. Fine. <laughs> Peter Sandler's like, all right, works for me. It's a good time to call them. They wouldn't do it. It's the fire sale. It's a Dodgers fire sale. I'm here for it. Padres ah. dangerously close to acquiring right fielder Mookie Betts from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Come on in. That would save him some money. In the NFL, uh, this story came out this morning, uh, about an hour and a half ago. Derek Carr tweeted out, um, you know, the notes app, yeah. the screenshot bit. And he said, Raider Nation, it breaks my heart. I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been on a roller coaster in our nine years together. Nine years. Good God. Doesn't feel like that. Uh, from the bottom of my heart. I think for Raider fans, it feels like 47 <laughs> years. I would, or I would argue that. This is from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful and appreciative of the years of support you gave my family. We had our share of both heartbreaking moments and thrilling game-winning drives, and it always felt like you were there next to me. It's especially hard to say goodbye, blah, 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 blah. And he wrapped it up by saying, I once said that if I'm not a Raider, I would rather be at home, and I meant that, but I never envisioned it but. ending this way. <laughs> that fire burning inside of me to win a championship still rages. A fire no man can extinguish, only God. So I look forward to a new city and a new team who, no matter the circumstance, will get everything I have. Winning a championship is what I've always wanted and what I will continue to work towards. God bless you all and with love, DC4. Yeah, you got to be careful when you speak in absolutes. Man, I would never want to broadcast anywhere else but 97.3 The Fan. Never. Never. I, over my dead body. Dude, things happen. Things happen out of your control sometimes. There's nothing you can do about it. You're a football player. You're a quarterback. You still think you have gas in the tank. Go out. Find yourself a new job. Hopefully it works out better than it did with the Raiders. I mean, he's got... If you look at his numbers and stuff, you look at it and go, that's not so bad, right? I mean, he's thrown for a lot of yards. But, man, walk me through... It was kind of bizarre how it ended. This is bizarre to me that today of all days he comes out with this. So has he well, been yeah, cut? A couple, is it, no, is not his contract yet. over? Not, no, not at all. In fact, uh, Carr signed a three-year, $121.5 million extension. $40 million a year. Before this season. But, and this is a reminder that NFL contracts are not the same as baseball or yeah. basketball contracts. The deal has a provision that allows the Raiders to cut him within three days of the Super Bowl for only a five point six two five million dollar salary cap hit. That's a, so you sit there and you think you are a hundred and you got a hundred and twenty million dollars, right? You don't really. You don't. You don't. In fact, the worst case scenario, you have five. That's a little bit different. Yeah, um, and there was a reportedly. I mean, this was reportedly a Mark Davis owner driven when he got benched a couple of weeks yep. ago and. He was mad about that. Essentially, walked away from the team at that point. Like okay, when you say walked he, away, like I—I I mean, he was gone. I mean, he didn't play the last couple of weeks. I don't think he was with the team. They just—he just said, "All right, if you don't want me here, I, I won't be here." Wow, interesting. So um, um, his agent put out a statement and said, "Derek's tenure with the Raiders effectively is finished. Relationships do end, but as is the case here, a treasure of memories and friendships remain, along with very special bond with his fans." These won't end. Teams constantly search for franchise players who invest in themselves completely, as Derek did for nearly a decade, maybe even to a fault. That's his true legacy here, much more so than the numerous team records he holds. 
He always showed up, showed up first. He played hurt, and through some tumultuous times, he led from the front and never complained. He will carry a piece of this organization with him always, and that doesn't include the hardware souvenir in his ankle. Now he looks forward to the opportunity to write a new chapter for himself in his career. He's earned it. I, you know what? That's a good agent. Yeah, a really hey, good agent. Hey, if he did anything wrong at all, it's that he worked too. He worked hard. too hard. <laughs> yeah, he, worked, he got hurt. He cared too a little hard. too much. He cared too much. He played through too many injuries because he cared so much agent. and worked so hard. That that's my guy's fault. Yeah, he's not perfect. Sometimes he works too hard. Yeah, it's a great interview answer. Yeah, my, it, the other my problem is that. He did not win a single playoff game in his entire tenure as Raiders quarterback. Nine years. Oh and one with a loss to the Cincinnati Bengals Ooh. in two thousand twenty one. That's the biggest. Oh and one though. It's not like he's oh and ten. Yeah, true. I mean, how much of that is on him? How much of that is on the team? Yeah. How much of it is on the GM? Yeah. The terrible draft management picks and management and everything else. Ownership. Uh, finally, what is your guys' history with riding trains? So much. We used to do, I remember, we went on a field trip in, I want to say, second grade up to the Mission at San Juan Capistrano. And we all got on the train and went up there. Occasionally, I would go on the train by myself to L.A. and my grandma would pick me up at the train station downtown. Feels like kind of dangerous nowadays, like going to downtown How old L.A. Were you? Like eight Eight. Yeah. Oh, I got put on planes by myself when well, I was like six. They would like walk you. Your parents could walk you <laughs> yeah. to the terminal. Yeah. They you had a badge on. The, the the flight attendants took really good care of you. They walked you on and on. Whoever yeah. was picking you up could meet you right at the gate. Yeah. You were literally just like walking to the plane you and off the plane. You weren't really by yourself ever to get in any trouble or for anything. You had to like a, a daycare from Yeah, it was the, like a moving daycare. I remember the um what do they call the food car on the train? The food car. Is it? It's got a name. There's right? a bar car. The caboose. No, that's the back. That's the back. It always had a weird smell. Like the microwave smelled bad. Yeah. On the Amtrak. Oh, it's kind of like food. a plane. Yeah. yeah. Plane a food. I think it's worse smells though. too. I think it's worse. The train I, always smelled kind of off. I you know I lived in Chicago five years. Rode the train literally every day of my life there. Loved it. Loved not having to have a car. The L. Yeah. It was it was amazing. That was, that's an actual like that's a train, not like yeah. But uh, I've never traveled light rail or something. I've never. I've never I mean, traveled. That's, yeah, that's that's more of a public transit. Yeah. Here the Amtrak's more of a. Like the surf line, it's more of a long oh, haul train. That and I'm and talking I, about. I, we took I took the uh, the thing up to L.A. once. Yeah, it wasn't bad. That's 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 all I've ever done on a yeah, train. I've done. Now that. I've always wanted to maybe do one of those fancier train rides. You know, Weird. like the old school where it's you know they dress for dinner and you have like dinner service on the train and there's a sleeper car and you've got a cabin and. You're riding the rails like you across have weird Canada or fan- something. You have weird fantasies. No, Very you? weird fantasies. Kind of fun. I've only been on one train ride. It was from Seattle to Los Angeles. It was like 700 damn, hours. Damn near 30 <laughs> hours. It was miserable. miserable. And I demanded as like at like 11 years old that we are flying back. We are canceling these return trip this sucks and we are flying or else you can leave me here i'll find a new family 30 like, I, hours. I, would, I was not doing 30 hours back it was not fun i didn't sleep at all i've terrible. never i've never done greyhound either and no. i really have no desire to travel no. by greyhound no, no, or no, no, amtrak no. <laughs> uh the reason i bring it up is passengers on an amtrak 
on the East Coast this week uh, had the Amtrak trip from hell. Uh, they left D.C. and they were heading for Orlando. They left D.C. on Monday. They planned to be in Orlando by Tuesday morning. It was a 17-hour trip, but there were significant delays caused by freight derailment. The train got into Sanford, Florida on Wednesday morning, which ended a 37-hour trip. It was supposed. It was delayed by about twenty hours. Oh my god! Five hundred and sixty-three passengers on the on the train. Three hundred and thirty-three vehicles that it was towing as well. Um, it was it had a derailment in South Carolina, I believe, and it was just stopped there. And they had to wait for a new crew to arrive. They do? were trying to provide updates as best they could to all the customers. Meals. They had to have. They had, I think I saw they had a pizza delivered. Like pizzas delivered to, to the, the train. train. Well, I'll say this: when and you're just stuck there, when so you're on that hours. train to L.A. and it's going full speed, you know, like what are 80, 90, yeah. and the traffic, you can see it, and it's all stopped. It feels so fly, good. It feels so good. Now, when the train stops like forty times and you see cars just whizzing by, and they go. Why didn't I just drive? I would have been there long yeah. ago. So it can go both ways when you're a train passenger. Ooh. 37 hours on a train. Mm. Hard pass. Thank you, Polly. You're welcome. A little breaking baseball news. I don't know how much you guys care, but Matt Holliday has resigned as St. Louis Cardinals bench coach. He just took the job, did he not? This season. He's ne- so... Two, yeah, two months ago he was hired, November 6th. It's quite a tenure. Quite a tenure. So he is out. weird isn't it yeah i mean you Cold know I, I wonder i always wonder players who had a really you know solid career made a, a good chunk of money he's not obviously doing he doesn't need the money he's trying to stay in baseball and then he realizes you know, do i really want to do this grind this again is a for, grind. you know a couple hundred thousand or whatever they're paying me when i've got all this i can do what i want i can play golf i can do whatever coaching is not easy and the hours are even sometimes longer than the players hours and sometimes I think there's guys who think they want to do it, and then they realize, I don't really want to do this. It's kind of a cush gig, man. I take that one in a heartbeat. So he's out. He signed two months ago, and now he has resigned today. All right, we'll come back. Um, we talked about it earlier, but uh, welcoming uh, Nelson Cruz to San Diego. Not official yet, but uh, hopefully soon. And the impact, where he's going to bat in the Padres lineup. Look at Nelly Cruz. We're going to talk about that coming up next with Bennett Woods after check traffic here on 97.3 The Fam.
Yeah, it's still pending a physical, which we've seen with Carlos Correa. It can sometimes be an issue, but the Padres yesterday reportedly agreeing to a one-year, $1 million deal with Nelson Cruz. The 42-year-old veteran uh, should provide Bob Melvin with a right-handed designated hitting option. Uh, hits left-handers really, really well. As you mentioned, though, uh, Matt Carpenter does hit lefties, so it's not... Yep. It's not as though it'll be just a strict platoon necessarily all year long. Could be, you know, could be, but, you know, it's nice to have options. It's nice to have power. Um, There was a a report that came out, you know, because I I did see people questioning this move, which it's hard for me to wrap my head around. It's a million bucks. It's a lot of money to you and me. It is a pittance in Major League Baseball. Rookie minimums now what, about 700 grand? So, I mean, you get a guy with... With that much pop, with that much leadership, with that much experience, uh, you know the the cultural aspect. He's friends with so many guys on our squad. Um, it just it's a no brainer. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. He's a guy that can keep the clubhouse loose. It's a guy that can rip the clubhouse when he needs to. He it's one of those weird situations, right? This team has leadership. Manny Machado is a leader, right? He's a leader on this team. Joe Musgrove is a leader on this team. Nelly Cruz does not played one single inning. He's a leader on this team. The day he walks in the clubhouse, he's a leader. And there are just, there's not that many of those guys around in baseball. Do you feel like Manny and Joe are, they're leaders, but maybe by more example. leaders by example? Sure. Uh, not that Joe is, is not a great talker, not that Manny isn't either, but I don't picture them giving a lot of speeches as as leaders. Not that, I, I don't know that Nelson Cruz does that either. He may be more of a leader by example as well, but you know, he's, he's a fiery guy yep. and is going to, you know he can mix things up a little bit when needed in a clubhouse, and he has the he has the experience and the cachet to be allowed to do that. It's, yes, day one. It's like the difference between Jace Tingler and Bob Melvin. It's exactly, both, it's a great, great point. They both, both know baseball. Guys that yeah. know baseball, but you sometimes just need to have the credibility of being around for long enough to be able to say something and sure. have other guys kind of listen to you and. You know, more than just lip service, just nodding their head, like actually pay attention to what you have to say. Yeah, he's quite, Nelly's quite terrifying. And and I, I think opposed to Jace, Bob would be quite terrifying. Playing for Jace Tingler is not like playing for Bob Melvin. Nothing wrong with, with either guy personally. But um, I think I think that Nelly, and, and he's one of those interesting guys that he, when he walks in on day one, the young guys. I mean, it's not just Manny. It's not just Tatis. It's the younger guys. It's Campy. It's those guys, too. It's uh, Azokar. It's all those guys who go, oh, man, that's Nelson Cruz. I mean, we remember the way we felt last year when we saw Luke freaking Voigt pull up and get out. He looked like a professional. We went, oh, dang, look at that guy. Walked in, had a presence about him. Um, you know, a good clubhouse guy. Always, he was in New York. He was in St. Louis where he came up. And and he he has nowhere near the presence that Anelli Cruz has. You mentioned earlier uh, Cruz maybe like a, a six hitter when he's designated yeah. uh, hitter. Also thought about the possibility. I mean, we don't know who the how they're going to separate the top four. Sure, but, you know it's kind of the four, and then Jake is the five hitter. I saw one yesterday that had it said Tatis, Soto, Manny, Xander, and I just went, "Whew, mama!" And they had Crony five, and I think this was before Cruz. Um. So I can't remember who Ha-sung it was. Kim, maybe. Hassan Kim, I think but it was. I, in... I find maybe Cruz is the seven hitter and giving, and giving someone to drive in a Hassan Kim, who's not going to hit for a ton of power, but kind of a middle of the order kind of reset yeah. with some setting of the table again for some more power at the bottom in 
Cruz and Grisham, guys who can you know run into to balls at the end or put Carpenter now at the end of the order as well. I can't. Who could drive in you know a, a, a hitter like Hassan Kim because of the injuries that the Phillies had last season. That their optimal lineup, right? The one with Bryce Harper, Castellanos, Schwarber. There was a certain number of games they played together. They, it's the this is only the twenty seventh time all of these guys have been in the lineup, and it kind of broke my brain a little bit thinking, okay, that's what's good. Now you take out Tatis suspension at the beginning of the year, right? So call it one hundred and forty two games if everything goes perfectly. One forty two. How many games are you going to get to see? Xander, Tatis, Soto, Manny, Cruz, Cronenworth. Let's just call it those six. How many of those 142 games will all six of those guys be in the lineup? That's going to be the key to this season. That's the key right there. If those those six are in that lineup, Ben, 125 times, we're looking really good. That's a nightmare to anyone facing You're that dead man. lineup. You're a dead man. You also bring up a good point. With Tatis out for the first 20 games... I wonder if we'll see Matt Carpenter play a little more corner outfield in spring training so he could man potentially one of those spots now that Nelson Cruz can be a designated hitter early. Good call. And you've got another option there with a bat that's not just an Azokar, you know, an angle. Or an angle, uh, just a defensive guy in your lineup. If you could actually have a, a hitting lineup. You may give up a little bit defensively with a with a carpenter out there at his age, but not all season. We're just talking for a, a couple of weeks. Yeah, gives you weeks. that option early in the year. Absolutely, a really good point. And and I don't know that Nelly Cruz has a glove to his name, and I hope he doesn't because if he's in the field, that means something's gone dramatically wrong. Also adds a little more intrigue to the World Baseball Classic as Nelson Cruz is the general manager and player of <laughs> so the good. Dominican team. So essentially, you know, Manny and Juan Soto will be playing for for him. Nelson, Cruz. I told you right when he walks in the door, they're like, "All right." That's their boss. It's so fun. I, it's so fun. How do you root against that team? Yeah, I know. That's going to be tough. To, I, I'm always the red, white, and blue first, but I kind of feel like this oh, year I'm going full DR. Pretty hard yes. for the Dominican, but you'll want to see you Darvish do well for Japan. Yeah, and no doubt. Nick Martinez is pitching for Team USA, right? Yep. So we'll see how it all plays I hope out. They don't use him one bit. Actually. Yeah, that's I, true. I hope I don't see him at all. A lot, a lot of health coming out yes. of the WBC. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Eric Adelson, our insider for the NFL, breaking down the weekend of NFL football, wild cards, coaching rumors, and much more. Wrap that up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. All the sports, music, news, and podcasts that you want are all on the free Odyssey app. You can download it 
today. Catch all of our interviews, anything you missed. However, if you missed our interview with Eric Adelson, our NFL insider, talking Wild Card Weekend and coaching rumors, he was good. We had a good discussion at the end, too, about a journalism question. He debates with his wife, Andrea Adelson, who covers college football for ESPN. We're going to bring that back for you, and then we'll send Paulie and Woods off to fantasy camp. That's right. After this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Joined by our senior NFL insider, Eric Adelson, back with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well, man. How about yourself? Great. Beautiful day here in Florida, well, and we're closing in on one of the best uh, weekends of the sports here. Well, yeah, and you're now in the uh, football, NFL football hotbed, the state of Florida, with three teams in the postseason, three Eric. mediocre teams. <laughs> three, three, yes, uh, in the three postseason. teams, but three, albeit three mediocre. Yeah, teams. They made the playoffs. They're in the playoffs, though, Ben. Yes, the yeah, nine he... and eight Jags, the eight and nine Bucks, and the nine and eight Dolphins. It doesn't matter how you get there, as long as you get there. Am I right, Eric? I am right. Yes, you can't spell NFL without FL, and uh, there's um, there's nothing that we do in Florida that's convincing. So it always has to be ambivalent. We're a swing state, um, so Very you cannot have a you, you can have strong opinions uh, that that are not valid, and it just fits perfectly with all these teams. Florida man leads team to Super Bowl. <laughs> let, let, let me ask <laughs> three you, though, Florida men. There, there's some real there's some real implications to expanded postseason. Obviously, we're seeing more teams around 500 get in. I don't have a problem with that. However, it used to be, hey, you guide your team to the playoffs as a coach. Yeah, you're pretty good. You're coming back next year. Is that the case anymore? When you have so many playoff teams, are there going to be more coaches now that may have gotten their team to the playoffs? But if they get there and they just lay an egg in the first round of the playoffs and then are out, that that that's not good enough anymore just to get to an expanded postseason? It depends on the expectations. And in this case, the expectations on somebody like Mike McCarthy are much higher. So if they lay an egg against Tampa and lose to Tampa again, which I think would be the second time this 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 season, uh, it's a sign of non-progress. And I think that they would maybe can him, especially with Sean Payton out there. Yep. I mean, Sean Payton's always kind of been the waiting in the wings guy for Jerry Jones. Uh, and so I think in that case it is. But if you have a team like uh, the, the the Jaguars, um, it's uh, it's. It's wonderful, even if they lose fifty-five to zero, because they won the division as easy as that was, and they're hosting a playoff game, which is a great gate. So, so much depends on expectations. I will say this: Jim Harbaugh is a strange kind of wild card to to, to double entendre the phrase, uh, because I think that him being maybe available might cause some dominoes to fall after this weekend. Yeah, I think that's a really good point too. And and you talk about expectations, and if you're Miami, you're like. Well, we're just happy to be here. I mean, you're you're now working out your third string quarterback. Uh, two is going to be out. The backup's going to be out. What's the third guy's name? Skyler Thompson. Skyler Thompson. And hey, we've seen weird stuff happen in the playoffs, uh, but this feels like a team of destiny in the Buffalo Bills. Certainly, uh, we all know the reasons why, Eric. But you know, Miami has, I would imagine, no prayer uh, against Buffalo. I can't see it, especially going on the road uh, and, and all the emotional energy that, that, that is stored up in that, in that Buffalo town, in that Buffalo team. Uh, so I, I just can't imagine it without Tua. Um, 
I, I will say this is something that will be instructive, I think, for later rounds, is how good are the Bills at covering Waddle and Hill? Because in order for them to get to their goal, they're probably going to have to go through Higgins and Chase. They might have to go through the, 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 the Kelsey um, and, uh, and, and, and the Nicole Hardman group. So I want to see how well they defend uh, those guys. But I would be, that would probably be the shock of the weekend if the if the Dolphins won that game. shock of the decade, I mean, it really would be the it would it's David and Goliath. We tend right to now. throw out the chances of any team that doesn't have their starting quarterback sure. in the postseason, usually. But then there's the San Francisco Forty ers yeah. and I don't feel like anyone really feels like the fact that you know Brock Purdy is their quarterback is going to hurt their chances that much. A lot of they're people like nine point favorites. A lot of people not only think they're going to beat Seattle this week, but I see a lot of people think they're going to go and maybe even win the Super Bowl without essentially a starting quarterback. Your thoughts, Eric? I I am delighted by this story for the sole reason that we're about to enter the silly season of combine and draft, and we're going to be t- – maybe not you guys because you guys have an elevated level of discourse most yes, of the time. thank you very much for um, noticing. But for the rest of us, uh, we're going to be drowning in – whether you should trade your entire future to trade up one spot to get a quarterback and just conveniently ignoring that a possible Super Bowl quarterback was the last pick of the draft. Uh, one that <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant wins the Super Bowl. Yes. Just like we all said. That's a rookie. <laughs> right. That's a rookie. What, 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 one that completely uh, ignores um, that, that, there's, that Tom Brady is the, is the easy parallel uh, that he he replaced a veteran quarterback uh, after an injury and took a defense first team to the Super Bowl uh, and still for the last twenty years we've been wondering if, if if people should trade him to get Baker Mayfield so I really there's going to be some cognitive dissonance starting immediately but let's hold on to this memory of a Mr. Irrelevant who is good enough, I think, by all accounts, to lead a defense loaded team deep into the playoffs. Talking to our pal Eric Adelson here on Ben and Woods this morning. And uh, I would ask you to make some picks for us, but you're not great at making picks, and we're making our picks later, and I don't want my picks to be influenced by your bad picks. So don't expect us to ask you no, but for your we, picks. We know you're picking the Chargers. We know you yes, think they're going to go yes, all, the way. all the way. Go ahead and make your case, Eric, why you love the Chargers this postseason. I'm Who just sure. got bodied by the, the Broncos. <laughs> Uh, oh. He's like, did I come on the show to get insulted today, or <laughs> I was like, hey, am I on the air or am I at the dinner table? Like this feels like, I... <laughs> like this is this is years of this is years of of knowing you now. Could do a whole segment on dinner table conversations with two people that cover the NFL. Your wife covering college football, That's... you in the NFL. That is just no it, question. It still fascinates me. Um. You know, I, I we can we can talk about this later or some other time. But there, I, I was telling my students about a, a football related debate that I had with my, with my wife, who, who writes for ESPN, that we never solved. And so, uh, if you want to go into that, we can. I'm not sure we have that much time, especially on the football weekend. But, but put a pin in that, and I'll bring it up when we when when we we have more time. Uh, I like the Chargers because I'm stubborn, but I also like the Chargers because uh, the Jags were teetering even last week. Uh, I, I, I want to see Herbert in this situation. I think that he's more clutched than people give him credit for. And I just think top to bottom, the roster is more loaded uh, for the Chargers. They'll let me down, but I'm going to pick him. I knew he would. Good, I'm taking the Jags then. 
<laughs> Eric Fadelson, everybody. Never a bad idea. Now, how do you think, this is the first time, obviously, we've had the seven-team, you, you, the, the playoff. You have the one team with a bye. It used to be two teams with the bye. Is that going to be a huge advantage? Could that end up being a disadvantage to the Eagles and the Chiefs that they're the only teams sitting out for a week? Any ideas how that might play out? I don't think it matters too much uh, because ultimately it, it, when, it, when you get to, I think in this next couple weeks, it might matter a little bit more, but the, the, the teams to beat are Buffalo, the chiefs and the Eagles. Um, I don't think I'm missing anybody. I'm definitely not missing the giants and the Vikings. Bengals. I think I heard uh, the Bengals. Yes. Thank you. Um, and that's a matchups thing. I mean, basically it's like, are you going to be able to keep the keep the ball out of the uh, out of the hands of, of Higgins and Chase uh, and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis um, and and Kelsey? That, that's the bottom line. That that's that's where. And on the other side, it's going to be uh, um, AJ Brown and and the Slim Reaper uh, Devontae Smith. That, that's the story to me. That, it, it, whoever figures that out, I think is going to win it. And Obviously, rest matters. How much, how 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 ready you are matters. But in terms of who wins this thing, it's going to be the best pass defense. Well, Eric, uh, I can't wait to hear the story about the debate between you. We've got time. Yeah, just well, give it we'll to us. Tell yeah. us right now. We can always okay. we can do with it what we will. We got a couple of minutes oh, here, so give it to us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, this is this is a journalism question, but but you guys will appreciate it. Remember when Tom Brady walked off the yacht after the Super Bowl, and he was, let's just say, wobbly? Yes. Okay. So we were debating whether that's a news story. Do you think it is a news story worth covering that Tom Brady probably had too much to drink and wobbled off a yacht after a celebration for the Super Bowl? Yes or no? Great question. Um, I My stupid answers always have a dumb caveat. Uh, I don't think it's a story at all. That being said, in this day and age, you can't be surprised when it's reported. I, You know what? To me, it is a story because news is something noteworthy. And to see someone as always put together, together as Tom Brady in a completely different sort of just, I mean, I know he's just a celebrity and he didn't do anything wrong at all. It's not, it's not a news story because he did something wrong, but it's noteworthy to see someone that you're so accustomed to seeing in one sense, all together, yeah, all put put together like he always is in a completely different context. That's interesting to people, and isn't that what we do? Both as journalists, whether you're on radio, television, a writer, you're trying to find things that are interesting to people. That's interesting to me to see that, even if it's just a you know a thirty second clip. Oh, look, here's Tom Brady having a really good time. Hey, we haven't really seen him like this before. That's news now. A 3,000-word a, a opinion piece about why Tom Brady is not the person we thought he was? No, that's not. That's totally inappropriate. There's nothing wrong with getting a little celebration on after a Super Bowl. So that is that is very well said, and that's how my wife feels, too, that, that it's because it's Tom Brady, almost anything he does in public that's a detour from what he usually does in public is newsworthy, and that was her argument. Uh, and and I, I disagree with it. Uh, I I don't feel like it matters, uh, and I'm a little bit irritated by the moving the goalposts. Use a football analogy on what matters because it just sort of piques people's interest. But the way you framed it and the way she framed it, I think is valid. 
Um, I personally wouldn't cover it, but you know what? And this is the problem with sort of the rat race of media these days is that if, if I'm not covering it, then a lot of people are going to tune into whoever is covering it. It's fair and then enough. I'm going to lose. Yeah. And, <laughs> then, and that's, that's kind of the problem. It's like, Oh, the other station, the other, the other paper, the other blog is talking about uh, Tom Brady, uh, being inebriated and I'm not. And therefore, uh, people will, will hate it vocally but privately, they're going to eat it up. They're reading it. They're reading it, and they're listening to it, and they're talking about then it. Then again, and you can use this argument if you want, you expect it from Rob Gronkowski to be out yes. there partying. Yes. Yet I still find that's kind of newsworthy either. And oh, kind of interesting. Here's Gronk being Gronk, celebrating his World Series or his Super Bowl title, yep. and, you know, a little bit drunk and out of control. And we totally expect that from him. And yet I still find that that's probably news as well, Eric. Yeah. Well,. I mean, the thing is that if I think the, the, the party is newsworthy, the party itself, the, the yacht party is newsworthy. It's a different setting. It is obviously a championship for Tom Brady, this megastar. And so if you're reporting back to a friend about the party, people are going to say, well, what did Gronk do? What was Gronk? Was he shirtless? Did he throw up? You know, anything, any of these things. And so that's what people want to know about. They, they don't want to know. Uh, who was on what yacht, although that's somewhat interesting. They want to know what the celebrities did, and that's where we get the, the blurred line between sports and celebrity, and that's where we live. Now, if I remember correctly, they, they could have easily tossed the Lombardi trophy to the bottom of the harbor because yeah. they threw it from, like, one boat to the other in a very risky sort of move. That was newsworthy as well to me. I love this debate, though. Eric, really appreciate it. And thank you uh, to your wife as well for letting us in on this uh, and joining for all of our Tier 1s out there. All right. We'll discuss it more in class when you visit. Thanks, right. buddy. Sounds good. We'll, we'll be doing thank that in a, in a couple of weeks as well. Eric Adelson on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet Find New Road. And then uh, we subsequently did all of our picks against the spread for all six games in the wild card round. If you missed that, you can check out our Ben and Woods Twitter page. Uh, Paulie has written it all up, and you can peruse our selections and uh, ignore them if you actually want to make picks because we know nothing more than the rest of you Somebody about asked, who's going to win those NFL was games. Was Ben high while choosing these <laughs> games? <laughs> Watch him go undefeated. <laughs> How can you ever say that when you're picking against the spread? The spread is designed, is designed. so that half half of everybody should pick on each side. You should have, it should there should be no shaming when you pick against the spread. Now, if you're picking like six upset winners, okay, that's a little out there. That's crazy. But you can pick six. You can pick underdogs six with underdogs points. with points and still it, you know you should be good on either side when you're picking against the spread. Otherwise, they're not setting those spreads very well. Which I is why I you, wanted us to... They set those spreads quite well. Because if we're doing picks, it's, alright, take all the point spreads out of it. Niners, Seahawks. All three Niners. of us. Niners. Uh, Dolphins. Bills. 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 I mean, it's... The spread <laughs> I, mean, I, I at least had two, at least two of the six where I was like, I think this team's going to win, but I'll take this team with yep. the points. 100%. Yeah. That's the point of points. I feel and, like there's, there's a couple I'm going to be wildly wrong on, but I feel pretty confident about my pitch. All right, gentlemen, you have a very safe drive. We will. And a fun week next week at Fantasy Camp. I can't wait to hear all the guests that uh, you're going to have in store for us starting Tuesday. Tomorrow, looking forward to having Sammy Levitt join me in studio as we wrap up the week. Is it you, Sammy, and Italian Paul? Yes, that is the the legendary show. It's going to sound a little different tomorrow, let's be honest. Uh, You guys have a good trip for Pauly, for Woods. Sports fans rejoice. Woodsy is gone. It's coming up next on 97.3 The Fan.